all your school rugby all in one place. This is Next Gen 50. Hello and welcome to the new Next Gen 15 podcast. I'm Andy Savage. I'm here with Dan Richards and we're going to be with you every week throughout the season. It's pretty exciting. It's a massive, massive season. But first of all, Dan, really good to have you here. Um, looking forward to the year ahead? Yeah, super excited. There's some, there's some incredible teams out there this year. Some of the same old faces, but but some schools a bit newer to probably the top tier of school will be really pushing hard and looking to knock a few people off. So yeah, some good games coming up. It's going to be pretty cool. But before before we get into all that, because you know, we've got weeks and weeks of, uh, of rugby chat to get through, let's give people some background on you and let's go right to start. Give us the, the life and times of Dan <laughs> So uh, I guess coaching-wise, um, I, I started uh, to keep to- coaching and teaching at Wicket. Um, did four amazing years there with, with Wilco, with very much a mentor to me. Uh, then moved down to Blundells um, in the southwest. Uh, again, incredible, very different environment. Learned a lot about schools and different programs there, uh, and also working with a different academy in Exeter Chiefs and working at the uni whilst I was down there as well. Um, and then came back up to then wanted to run a program, so came to Caterham School, which is where we are today, um, to, to to run the program here. Uh, spent five very happy years at, at Caterham, and then had the opportunity opportunity to uh, go and take over at Wellington College which uh, as someone who's always wanted to run a kind of top tier rugby program was was something I couldn't turn down uh, took that on and, and now I've actually after 16 years in school boy rugby I've decided to have a look at some different challenges doing doing a few other bits and bobs uh, still in rugby but away from the school boy game now. No very cool um, since you mentioned Caterham we're right there I brought along because I found it outside <laughs> I'll show you the cameras a little Caterham get the badge on little Caterham top Caterham badge because we are here at the glorious setting of Caterham School. As you say, you were here for a long time and you, uh, you had some good times here. I remember coming along to watch a couple of games. Good support base from the parents. It was a, it was a good fun. It seemed like a real family place. Oh, this place is amazing. Um, and I'll always wait for it. Like Julian Thomas to go with the job, but also Kerry Jones, headmaster now. It's like, as you say, very family-based school, fantastic academics, fantastic sport. Ali Taylor, who's taken over the programme, rugby programme, Runs it so well, but the hockey, the cricket, really, it's just, yeah, great place to grow up. Uh, yeah, it's superb school. Couldn't speak highly enough about it. Yeah, it's a great place, and we are we're unbelievably grateful that they've uh, they've decided to let us through their doors today for the uh, for the opening podcast. It's a great set. I managed to avoid the rain as well because <laughs> on my way here, a sudden downpour. I realised all I'm wearing is a t-shirt. We've got a roof over our heads. It's the, the sun is sort of half shining. The tracks have been cutting the grass because we are about to start the new school season. Um, it all it, well. There's been a few preseason games. The odds, uh, the odd game here and there. There's a there's a few going on this afternoon around the country. I know Kings Worcester have got some stuff going on, but this weekend is really where it all begins. We've got games on Friday night. We've got games on Saturday, and we've got games on Sunday. And it's sort of oddly in reverse that I want to start because I want to talk about Sunday and uh, a brand new um, a brand new schools competition called the Schools Championship that is, that is launching. Um, it actually officially launches the day after we record this, but fortunately we've been allowed to talk about it a day in advance. But um, it's going to be featuring in this first year uh, Millfield, Sedber, Wellington College and Whitgift uh, with hopes to expand to, to far more schools in the, in the future. I know that they've got sort of in pencil six years for 2023, but they're, they're keen to 
allow anyone and everyone of every ability to come in to come and get involved the the aim is very much to promote school rugby as much as possible and from a next gen 15 point of view we're the official media partners and we're going to be going up on saturday morning uh sunday morning rather to have uh, to film both games which are both taking place at sedbo it's millfield against clifton to start off with and sedbo against whitgift so we're going to get into the games in a little minute but first of all sort of Tell us your thoughts on the on the competition. I mean, I know you and I have ch- chatted for years about how we want something like this to happen. And through COVID, while you were at Wellington College, we were talking about, can we get something like, like this off the ground? It's finally here. Yeah, it's really exciting. Again, as I said, we've, we've talked about it for a long time. It's uh, schoolboy rugby, like the Cups become a slightly strange thing. Who's in it? Who isn't in it? The, the new to school rule with kind of people joining at 16. People still fundamentally want to know who's the best team. I think, um, and you know, obviously schools have the different barriers, but people still want to know right who's the best, who's the best fifty, who's the best rugby side. Um, the merit table is there, but as we've talked, that has its advantages and disadvantages. Um, and this, it, it should be something that's purely meritocratic. Again, anyone can join. Four of the leading schools in the country, uh, schools that will want to knock them off. Those schools have got really tough games outside the schools championship this year. But four schools who I think we do all agree have been consistently in the last 15 years near the top of the tree, setting this up, getting it going, and hopefully more will join. Again, the likes of Clifton, Harrow, Kirkham, who knows? Like at Seaford, there's all sorts of teams that could join it, um, and it'll be really exciting to actually see them play off against each other, kind of in a new in a new competition. Yeah, really exciting. Yeah, massively. So. And it, yeah, it, it makes me very excited that this first weekend we've got Millfield v Clifton as the first game, which is sort of a in effect it's a it's a build-up game for the school's championship game which is the Sedba Whitgift game but Clifton already ready to knock a school's championship team off their perch which I just think is so great because that just tells you everything that you want to know about schoolboy rugby which is that the depth of ability is massive we've got you know we've got these four that are that are trying something and hopefully will lead others to come along but on the first weekend we've got a team who I think personally are going to be one of the top three teams in the country this year, if not number one, having looked at their Colts last year. And they're already getting getting a shot in the first weekend of going, yeah, we can mix it. Yeah, I think without a doubt, I think it, you'd be anyone who doesn't think Clifton are going to be right near the top of Scoreboard Rugby this year is, will be foolish. What, what Matt um, Salter and, and Danny Grucock have been building for a few years um, at Clifton College is, is, is really special. Um, you know, I, I was unfortunate to be, to be on the wrong end of an incredible Sam Worsley drop goal to, to beat Wellington College at home last year. That was an incredible side. I'm sure they will have worked hard, improved, as you said, a really strong under 16 group coming in to join what's a really strong upper six group. Um, again, it's really hard to look. I, you could argue, I think, that actually your kind of pre-season top two would be non-schools championship teams and that I would argue Clifton and Harrow might be the two you'd be looking at. Um, but yeah, no, Clifton, I think, will will want to really establish themselves this year. Oh, they're going to be absolutely loving it. Um, and actually, it, we'll get into it a bit later because I'm just I'm thinking back to a game we, we filmed for Next Gen 15 last year, Millfield against Clifton. You had Sam Harris at fly half for Millfield, Sam Worsley at fly half for Clifton in atrocious conditions. And they went at it like two experienced premiership fly halves. It was just use the wind, use the field. It was like nothing else you see at schoolboy rugby, which again is going to bring me on something I want to talk about later. And Eddie Jones and thinking that schoolboy players aren't skillful. Um, but on the schools championship, sort of those four teams that are involved, um, Millfield, Sedbo, Whitgift, Wellington College um, in, the, in this first year, the standards that they've set 
in terms of the games against each other have just been unbelievable in recent years. Yeah, as I've been, you know, started my coaching career in schools at Whitgift and being a part of some some of those games, and then you know, kind of the back end of it being at Wellington. There, there's some really special days, and I know. I think the boys, they're the games the boys really look forward to. They're, you get great crowds, you get, you know, there's, there's a bit of hype and attention around and that's, that can be a distraction when you're inside the programme. Um, but it's, it's really exciting. It builds a huge amount of, uh, of, of a, I don't know, I'm trying to, of, of a, just adrenaline, extra, it's harder that school rugby doesn't almost need anything extra, but the extra fizz that those, that those games bring is just special. It's brought out some of the best, I would say. You know, again, the games at Broad Street against Sedbur have been some of the most enjoyable of, of my coaching career. Again, <laughs> didn't come out on the right side of the result, but, um, you know, just fantastic occasions. Game, games at Whitgift, games at home, away against Millford, just just fantastic days. And so if this can expand that to take those days to other schools, to incorporate other schools and give people a chance to see the, the amazing game day experience that is there around the country, it, it'll be a fantastic thing. Well, I think that's the thing. And it's certainly what we see our role as doing is these are fantastic events. So there's six games through the season um, between between the four schools. Um, I think it's three before half term, three after. And, um, you know, so, some, some great fixtures, obviously. But what we're hoping it allows us to do is that extra platform on top of what we've already had to be able to go and demonstrate just how good this this level is and how passionate and exciting it can be to as many people as possible and to encourage more schools to to get stuck in with that and it, you know it's funny you mentioned those games that you came out on the wrong side against with Sedba, but those games at broad street were just unbelievable i mean i think from memory off the top of my head i, I can think of three or four examples when it went down to a last play conversion or, or a drop goal or a try out of no i mean they were just unbelievable well, occasions yeah it's a really special day that and I think anyone who's been part of it and if you and luckily through you guys we got to show other people what, what that day is a part of last year I remember I was I was actually at home with my newborn son uh, so watching it so my son's first you experience were, of rugby you texting me while I was on commentary <laughs> with little and notes was on watching, the players. yeah was watching the boys and and you know, I obviously felt our, our boys did to get over the line knocks you, but you couldn't take anything away from the Zebra boys and obviously what, what Simon uh, Mulholland Noxie has done up there with that program is incredible it's just two you know hugely passionate schools really going at it hammer and tongs and whatever happens it's just a great occasion it's a great showcase for rugby now, now that happens elsewhere as well we're not saying that's the only example of it but it's great to be able to show it and that's hopefully what this can do is expand that and show people what school we're at not just high quality rugby but it's a great experience for everybody well I also think and I, it, it's a fact that in the last since the dawn of rugby time, but certainly in the last five, ten years, you know, uh, Millfields, Wellington, Sebbers have produced just an astonishing number of pro players. But for some reason, those games, particularly those games at Broad Street, it feels like a moment where names that are going to be huge in the future almost get launched. Yeah, with Cameron Redpath, I remember just having an absolute dreamboat of a game one time. Um, just last year, Ben Redshaw scoring two unbelievable <laughs> tries out of absolutely nowhere. If you weren't in the know, nobody had ever heard of him beforehand. He's, he stepped up, and I think everyone in school of rugby now knows this is a kid to keep an eye on, not to put too much pressure on him. But, you know, the, it, it's happened time and time again. We saw Finn Baxter having some unbelievable games where he just, in that way that he does, looking so unassuming with his baby face and just digging in. <laughs> yeah, no, we were talking about you know, Tom Curtis's kick. Um, you know, I, I think... 
the, and uh, boys that don't become pros, you know, there's a guy, so Will Aiton, the captain of Wellington last year, had a phenomenal game and, you know, he's off abroad and going to Durham. Lots of boys in there that don't necessarily go to the pro game but go to Buck Super. There's names that pop up all over. So lots of high, really high-level rugby players for the future. And it's, yeah, it's a good, it's an environment where I think the boys would say they enjoy it and they learn a lot from it because it's, it's a bit of a cold run that, that evening with the boys haven't played before it. So, no, it's, it's great fun and really special thing to be part of. And I'm sure you'll show it again this year. So. Oh, for sure. You just reminded me as well, Will Ayton, who did have a blinder, but I was sat in the um, I was sat in the clubhouse beforehand doing my notes and his dad came and sat next to me. And I ended up arriving at the game about 20 seconds before kickoff because his, his dad had, had me in a conversation locked down. I'm, I, I've got to get these team sheets down. I don't, know who, I don't know who's playing. I don't know what I'm talking about. And his dad's sort of picking my brain on which players I need to, he needs to watch out for from Sedford. What do I, what do I think's been happening here? And then I'll go, oh, it's very nice to meet you, but we've got to crack on. Yeah, a great guy, Charlie. Great He's guy. a great guy. Great yeah. guy. I absolutely loved his rugby. And as it turned out, was a Sedford yeah. old boy. So he mm-hmm. was, he was, Bang up for that game, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, a separate old boy and uh, and a Wellington teacher, Will Greenwood, who, you know, he's been uh, he's been all over those games as well. It's the, the, There is a real feeling around these sort of things of just that special connection with lots of different areas. It's, re- it's really cool. But we'll um, we'll get into the actual fixtures in, in a little bit because there's, there's some monster fixtures to start yeah, things off. Yeah, big I mean, first week. Absolutely massive. But... The big topic of the summer that I want us to to have a bit of a chat chat about, no little controversy, but Eddie Jones, I'll say it so you don't have to. What the hell is he on about? So to, I'm going to read out the quotes. I saved these on my phone earlier because it, I think it was important to actually get the quotes accurately. So he was speaking to the eye with Kevin Garside, and uh, these are the bits that he spoke about specifically with regard to school rugby. They're good, tough players. They work hard, but they only know what they know. If you've only been in a system where you get to 15, you have a bit of rugby ability and then go to Harrow. Then for two years, you do nothing but play rugby. Everything's done for you. That's the reality. You have this closeted life. When things go to crap on the field, who's going to lead because the blokes have never had experience of it? I see that as a big thing. When we're on the front foot, we're the best in the world. When we're not on the front foot, our ability to find a way to win or resolve is not as it should be. It's the way the players are educated. I've been here seven years. I've never seen a kid in a park playing touch rugby. Never. Zero. In the Southern Hemisphere, they're doing that, developing their skills. Here you see them playing football, but never touch. That's the problem. It's all formal coaching in formal settings in public schools. You're going to have to blow the whole thing up at some stage. Change it, because you're not getting enough skillful players through. There's a lot to unpack there, but the bit I want to unpack first is there's not enough skillful players coming through. I've watched a lot of schoolboy rugby. You've coached an enormous amount of schoolboy rugby. If there is one thing that there is... It's a huge degree of skill. It's probably the most focused on area in terms of coaching in the schoolboy environment. I mean, to the extent that it's actually quite irritating from a sort of media perspective when you're trying to talk to coaches and all they want to talk to you about is skill <laughs> development. But what's he on about? Uh, it's a funny one, isn't it? And I think there's, I mean, I completely agree, you know, that the one thing the schoolboy game at any level, whether it's, you know, the, the very top schools to, to schools like putting out a team. There's so many schools putting out teams on a Saturday. This, as we'll look at, massive Saturday. What schools will, coaches will emphasise is, is, the, is the teamship, the, the values of the game. And then second to that, rugby-wise, it will be let, let's be skillful. Um, it's not about, you know, being physical brutes and, and things like that. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that, that's, that's off the mark. I think it's, a, it's an interesting one that at the time, it caused uproar within, you know, our community. Um, 
Rightly so. And, and I saw, you know, Wilco Whitgift wrote a really powerful piece or was interviewed for Talking Rugby Union and, and kind of quite rightly, you know, set the record straight on, on the really good work that, that, that schools do around that. I think with a bit of distance now, it just to me seems like Eddie play, That's To me, that's Eddie Jones trying to distract from the fact that he potentially is under a bit of pressure in his job and it's trying to create a different talking point. And actually, he's really good at doing that. Um, there are is the pathway perfect in terms of through to 18 no it isn't um there are issues in that the game is dominated by private schools that isn't private schools fault um there are you know there is a problem in that i was talking to you earlier if you are a able 13 year old or 11 year old and you want to push your rugby you are going to be in a better place if you can go to a fee playing rugby playing school and if you unless you're in a catchment area probably one of a handful of state schools, you know, people like John Fisher, Northampton School for Boys, um, are just hoping to do a fantastic job. But they're, they're, they're really, there's not very many state schools now for, for, for good reason, like haven't got expertise, it's not their fault either. But it does give an advantage. And then if you're having, if you're having three, four sessions of really well qualified coaching and playing at lunchtime, at break time, or if you're in a boarding school, just Chuck it. I can vouch for the fact that there's lots of informal play um, at boarding schools. You can't get a rugby ball out of kids' hands most of the time. The op- again, you spoke to house masters; they said the opposite is true. The amount of rugby balls that get confiscated is absolutely unreal. So there's, it, it's just ridiculous. And the, the the challenge that rugby has is the advantage that that socioeconomic profile gives you, and how you break that down is really difficult now the ace colleges try and make up for a lot of it at 16 and they do an incredible job a very different situation but that there's a lot lost in that 11 to 16 bracket so i think look there's stuff to work on i don't think eddie jones calling people names helps solve it i think it's got to be schools the rfu prl working together and and we need to get past blaming each other for what you know you know, schools, we need to stop calling Eddie Jones a bad coach. You know, he's not a bad guy. He knows what he's talking about. And yeah, stop. He's pretty good. Yeah. He's been an international coach. <laughs> yeah, he knows what he's he doing. Right. You know, stop and stop saying private schools are just, you know, actually get to know the situation and and have a conversation about how we can make things better, what can we do better and work together. That, that's the way forward beyond the pantomime. I think that, that that's kind of, we've had a bit of time, but again, initial reaction was throwing things. Well, well, I'm kind of the same as you in that it's, there's a lot of value. Well, there are a lot of points to make about the gaps in the pathway and, and perhaps how the, the system could do with a bit of a rejig. The bit that got me was that he made none of those points. Yeah. He just he, he made a point that was that was so inaccurate, and he and he made a point in a way that that all it all it really did was was throw stones at the people that are doing the good work. It was just very very strange. And I just, yeah, the. Yeah, skill levels are, are unbelievable at school of rugby. I mean, I, I don't want to pick out names on this, but skill at school level is not where the problem is. Skill gets Completely. skill gets lost or gets forced away after that school level. I, I know an example of two players who were highly, highly skilled, got to their academy post-school and were fundamentally told by their coaches, we're not interested in that. We want, we want, you, to, we want you to focus on high ball tackling kick return blah 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 all of those absolutely fundamental to the game of rugby don't, to the get, pro me, game. don't get me wrong but i think if we're gonna if we're gonna talk about people not being skilled enough we need to look at whether it's that they're not skilled enough or whether it's that they're not being allowed oh. to apply their skill no spot on i think yeah the, the, the thing back three players that if we alluding to it is really really key to it in that 
you know, we've been I've been lucky enough in the last few years to work with some really, really good young back three players. And at school, we didn't spend loads of time on high ball work or their kick because actually, when you've got someone like, let's take Cass Cleves, okay, one of probably the most electric schoolboys for the last generation, right? And certainly one of the best young players I've ever had the fortunate, been fortunate enough to work with. We wanted Cass to run with the ball. Like, we wanted Cass to go take people on. I understood, we understood that if he goes and plays in the Premiership, that he's going to have to deal with, with kick return. He's going to have to work on that. But in a Wellington shirt, we wanted to go take people on. So, but you have a good... But, and this is where I think a point that Eddie misses. We had good conversations, you know, with, with, with his coach at Quinns, uh, with the coaches in the England pathway about... And they said, we're not going to work on that. And they filled that gap. And Cassius has done that work and he's now an excellent professional rugby player. So those conversations happen. I think the other point to correct, as important, is that lives are closeted. Like it's, there is, and as someone who, who grew up going to state school in Wales, there's, there is the perception that anyone that goes to any sort of independent school has a silver spoon in their mouth. Um, nothing can be further from the truth. There are like, these, particularly guys that go to these, and if they work in a high, if they choose to get involved in a high performing sports program, these kids are working really hard, right? They're working really hard with you know, real challenges to, to complete the IB. To, to complete their three A levels, to do their service at the school demands them, so to get the university, to go to their academy sessions, to do their school sessions, um, to probably be you know some sort of role within house. There's there's a lot of pressure on their time, you know, way more so than there is for your average student or even your you know. So to say they have nothing there, and again, a lot of guys at independent schools, they don't all come from the most luxurious lifestyles. But like there's people who come from all over the place. Schools work harder than ever now, rightly, to justify their charitable status. To to provide access. So it's just a bit misinformed. Again, it's it's a bit of a cheap shot that isn't well informed. The what we need to do though is try and find a good way forward to get the pathway right would be yeah. Exactly. And I suppose you know to well I was gonna say to move on from the Eddie Jones thing, but one thing's just popped into my head that just the example that always comes back to me is Carl Sinclair. He's talking yeah. about you know everyone having this easy, closeted life. Carl Sinclair had a really tough life. Did really well at Gravesend, gets himself a, a scholarship Gravely. to Gravney, rather, sorry. <laughs> yeah, gets himself a scholarship to Epsom College, and that, that just helps open the door even further for him. It's not been easy for him. I know he's just one bloke, but yeah. you know, if, but there's, but there's if tens, we've got it, hundreds if we're picking of out stories. examples, he's a, he's a great one. But as you said, we'll, we'll move no, on from, from no. Eddie Jones, I think, because no, you right. know, we're, I'm, I'm fed up with it. <laughs> uh, but the, um, and it's been given enough column inches, you know. We just had to get it out of the way because it's been it's been a big thing. But on the on the pathway a bit wider, the because um, you know the one of the big challenges that everyone everyone has, whether they be you know top level player who's who's pushing for academy or whether it's club versus it um, versus school and all that stuff. There's a lot of ties on players um, on players' time and on players' availability. It's a really tricky area. For schools and it's you know we were talking about it earlier how do you get that balance right it's it's really tricky because players are just, you've got to re- you can't play them too much basically yeah it's I think player load is something that that you look at and we're, we're fortunate again when you're at a program that, that has funding and, and again independent schools luckily you, you can track things like that so at Wellington we would track things like collisions we would track things like meters covered and, and I know that Carl and Sam will 100% still be doing that now so you can keep an eye on load and you work with the academies and again it's it's about working together it's about trying to f- find out w- what's right but also understanding so again I can only speak for programs I've been involved with but I know 
that at, that at Wellington there's a you know there, there'll be a well-being questionnaire at the end of every every week that that Carl will run Carl will run and he'll check where the boys are and that could be anything around it's not just their rugby like actually have they got three course work deadlines yeah. that week has something happened away from school away from the rugby pitch you know it'd be in a personal relationship or, or something like that and there's you know there's a lot it's hard being a teenager I think we can we can take that for granted as adults dealing with it sometimes you know being 16 to 18 is a pretty tough time um, and you know adding to that increasingly high pressured rugby games adds a layer of, of pressure adds, adds a layer of challenge and then throw in the political stuff on top of that with everyone trying to pull for a bit of your time and you're just you're just a kid yeah no it's, it's, so it's really hard so I think all everyone has tried to manage it I think and the I think what sometimes again now stepping away from it and seeing it and again moving into working to not the side of the fence but not being in a school program being in kind of university kind of club side of the game is everyone just needs to understand that people running I've never met someone who runs a program who isn't interested in what's best for the for the for the player yeah. and actually sometimes I think both sides don't understand that and they think oh we're doing what's in the best interest of the player whereas that side's doing what's best for that school or that club or that academy or that college whatever it is and actually if we just all think about what's better then we'll manage players well we'll stop burnout we'll stop players getting we'll stop as many catastrophic catastrophic you know you know ending career ending injuries for, for young players and fundamentally you want you want young people to come out of any school program having enjoyed it and it being an experience that it makes them better like whether they're a pro rugby player and that's it, whether they play at level 12 like, or whether they don't play the game again. They want them to look back at rugby at school and go, that was ace. So I think it's managing that is, is really important. Yeah, massively. You say ace, it's making me think of the ace colleges as well. <laughs> but again, that brings, that sort of makes me think of the, it, the sort of contrasting ways a lot of different schools play. You know, the, I think it's been really noticeable and I suppose, again, it ties into the Eddie Jones stuff. In the last probably six, seven years, the focus from schools has moved to skills, as we yeah. said. But you have these; it's like, it makes school rugby so incredible to watch because it is more so than it's ever been. It's an all-court, chuck the ball around, yeah. skillful game. There's a lot of tactical organisation within that, and people know what their roles are. But fundamentally, everyone's got the freedom to just yeah. have a, have a play. It's really cool. No, to no, see. It's, it's great. I think it's a huge shift. So I would say, you know, in the last in the last couple of years. Uh, working at Wellington, and I'll, I'll give Carl McDonald, who I think at, at Wellington is an incredible coach, um, and Sam Knights, who's there now. That you know, very Love, much loves about, a bucket hat as well. Yeah, <laughs> just about empowering the players. So I think schools rugby. So if we separate schools and ace colleges, I think schools rugby is a bit more. We'll have a go from anywhere. Yeah. There's, you know, I think coaches do all they can. Like it, pressure comes externally from the school community, from the boys themselves, or wherever it is, but there's actually remove that just go and play enjoy it trust your skills we're going to work hard on your skills you've been we've been hammering your skills for months that now go and trust them what's the fascinating thing is that the ace colleges league looks very different one isn't better or worse but ace colleges league looks much more like i would say that one rugby it's much more organized um much more phase based you can see this effect like so again when I was working at Caterham, we would script, you know, kind of the first three to four phases. We wouldn't have done that in the last few years at Wellington because you trust the boys to, to to play, trust the kids to, to do, you know, they're good players, let them go. And you do the same here, now and, and anywhere. But Ace seems a bit more programmed. Um, and it's really, it's interesting, you know, we used to deliberately, and I know, I think Kirkham this Saturday are playing Mysco. Um, so kind of Ace bumping up against schools. I know that Sedba do lots of it. There's more and more of that. When you see, 
high level schools bump up against 80 colleges is a really interesting kind of contrast in styles and what's and it's a you know which is better i'm not sure when they just they're just very different yeah yeah. different and you because you don't see it that often because they don't get the chance to but it's often in the seven season where it comes up which is always a bit of a shame because obviously one lends itself to sevens more than the other i mean that's that's no secret but the it's a shame it doesn't get to happen more in um in yeah, 15 absolutely. aside because that contrast and styles would be quite cool yeah. quite cool to watch in the same way that you know the, the, the people love to watch stuff like new zealand versus south africa with that contrast yeah. in style it, it, it's great to see and it i mean just some of the skills are incredible i'm just thinking about your your old mentor wilco at, at wicket you know I don't think he'd mind us saying fairly fairly old school in, in terms of in terms of the um, the sort of list of coaches knocking around, but he's he's massively embraced um, empowering his players as much as possible yeah. from a skills point of view. And a great example of it was I can't remember how long ago now, but it was a, a schools cup semi final. George Hammond playing in the I think he's playing in the second row, little dink over the top in midfield, gathers it and goes the length, and everyone's going. God, that's a second row, and I'm going. That's how school rugby is nowadays. And I saw it in a game for Quinns like six months ago, and he tried the same. It didn't come off to the same extent because you know, there's just less space in the field. But it regathered and recycled possession. And the commentators going, "Who is this? Sec- what, what is this second row doing?" And I'm going, "That's what they're all doing now. This is this is school rugby. School rugby is if it's on, play it. Yeah, I don't yeah. I don't care if you're a second row or you're a ten. Play play your skills. Completely, and that's you know, Wilco would be the fundamentals of the game. But the fundamentals of the game are you know, move forward and play the space, and everybody's got to be able to do that. So yeah, George will be really good at his set piece work, and really good at the breakdown, and really good at you know, all sorts of collision area stuff. But he's got really good hands, and he can play, and and that's what um, it gives you. And that isn't to say that Ace Colleges don't don't bring that in. It's just you have more time. Obviously, will they had George for a long time, and all these schools do. But it's no, they are they are great, and they they do happen. You know, I know Millfield have engaged a lot with Ace and Ace. You know, they're, they're two in, incarnations, and and they it would be nice to see a bit more of. It. It's just it's basically it's really challenging with the two different schedules. But yeah, they are, they are fascinating clashes. Being, I mean, years ago now, but being at some at Millfield for some of those games, they were just there was an extra special edge to them because each each wanted to sort of. I think they felt like they were representing more than just themselves. Yeah. It was quite cool to see. I think it was against Filton. I think Jake Pledry might have been the, playing yeah, eight for well, them, yeah. and it was. I mean, that was a that was a, a freaky set of uh, freaky set of players on both sides. Um, but we'll get let's get on to some actual rugby because we've got um, or some actual playing rugby because we've got we've got a big big weekend um, ahead of us. But sort of before we get into the actual fixtures, I want to have a little look at some of the teams that we think stand out. We touched on them before. I'm yeah. I'm thinking Clifton are a big team to be looking out for this year. Who's who? You know, you've been right in the heat of it last year. Who who's Who's, who are people so talking about? We've, we've mentioned Clifton and Harrow, um, who, who know, and, and obviously I would admit there's a, probably a little bit of Southern bias to, to my awareness. So I think you have to say, I, mean, I know Kirkham are playing this weekend and they look on paper that, again, they've got a very strong said, but you just always have to, I don't think you can have a conversation about top side in the country without, without mentioning said, but I'm really fascinated by what Ipswich School are doing. I think yeah. what, I, what I love about what Ipswich are doing, what, what, what Jacob Ford uh, is doing there, um, who you know, incredible player and an incredible coach is 
is he's taking on, I loved, I looked at their fixtures that they're going up to Sedba. Um, and, you know, lots of schools were pushing through, kind of shy away from those challenges. And, and he's really, they've clearly really embraced. Now let's go in, let's go and play, play the best games we can. Um, I think Seaford kind of sign, sign up to that same mantra. You know, they, they've got Wellington College um, on the fixtures now uh, and they've got some really tough games. I think they'd be the, they'd be the two I'd be really looking to, to kind of push through, I think, yeah. into that who maybe aren't as established in that in that kind of top top tier um and i think they've both got you know sean thompson having a really interesting game this week there with with sean kind of going back to hampton um you know an incredible coach and a phenomenal job at hampton for a for a long time and now now going over to seaford where i'm sure he'll continue to do incredible work oh yeah i mean i'm I'm really looking forward to seeing what he does with that seaford not least because they had a really good team last year, quite low sixth heavy. They had a decent Colts group, so he's, there's a there's a player base that he can do something really special with. But I also know that he, similar to yourself at Wellington and lots of other, of other coaches around around the country last year, um, and in years gone by, he's got such a focus on creating something that feels special to everyone. It's you know, the almost the rugby will take care of itself if everyone's having a great time, kind of thing, which I just think is really cool. And they're they're going to be, yeah, you're absolutely right. They're a side to watch out for. Ipswich are going to be cool. The, it's just, what I love about them is it's just unashamed ambition. It's just pure unashamed ambition. And it's great because they're just, as you say, they're challenging themselves massively. You know, they they went up to Seba Tens last year. Yeah. Performed pretty well. Um, and all the conversations I was having with them sort of on the touchlines and stuff was, yeah, next year we want to be doing this. We want to be doing that. We want to be in, we want to be competing against this school and this school, this school. We want to travel and, and they are traveling. I mean, we're doing, um, we're doing a, a live stream for them. They're not, they're going to be in, if I can do it off the top of my head, Northampton. Okay. They're playing Northampton school for boys week on Friday, which we're going to be live streaming. Nice. I'm really excited to see them, but it's just, that for them this year, that's a local game because <laughs> yeah, they yeah. are just no, they are it, pushing the boundaries of where they can get to, um, which I'm I'm just so excited about because they're it's just great to have a new a new player on the block. I mean, two years ago, was anyone speaking about yeah. Ipswich? You know, no, I, mean, I think you know we should Jordan Turner Hall obviously was there a few years ago would have laid the foundations for what for what Jacob's taking up. So Jordy deserves deserves a mention when we talk. You know, it has been rumbling for yeah. a few years there, but it's you know Jacob's really taken it onto a next level. What will be fascinating, I think, is that Ipswich Derby now. You know, St. Joe's, someone on their doorstep, there'll, there'll be a lot of pride in that game. I'd, I'd love to, you know, there'll be a bit of emotion on that touchline. You, you, um, you've, been, you've been to plenty of St. Joseph's Festival. If there is one thing that St. Joseph's have in abundance, it's passion. Yeah. And they will not be happy about someone coming along and trying to steal their perch from them. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, and rugby, yeah, with, with Jack Moran at... Um, at Norwich now, you know, there's rugby in that part of the world is getting stronger. You know, there are lots of schools pushing, getting stronger all the time. There's loads of stuff building, so it's it's a really really interesting interesting time. But Ipswich, as you say, they just just that just wanted to take on any challenge. And we you know, we should say they've already you know the one bit silver that's been up for grabs at the President's Cup, they've won it. So um, you know they they've already started well. You know before we've gone so pre-season, you know they they've done really well against. I don't know, it's hard to say is it the strongest preseason? It's hard, but it's it's a very strong preseason day at uh, the Presidents Cup. It's, it's as good as anything, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, so you know, and they they've come out of that as uh, on the top of the pile. And historically, you know, when Whitgift have come on, they've generally gone on and won schools cups. Um, so teams that that go won the Presidents Cup uh, tend to have pretty good years. So I think Ipswich will probably follow that. 
Well, I'm thinking about that. Another team that I think is going to be worth keeping an eye on. They um, won the President's Cup last year, Trinity, then won the School's Cup. They're starting a week late this year, so their first fixture is not until a week on a week on Saturday. But they've got they've got some strong players. A lot of that team is sticking around for for their upper sixth year this year. So I think yeah. they're going to be a team. And to again, watch. it's great to see you know that Croydon. I know it's we'd love to see that Croydon whether it'll happen in the cup maybe. But that being a thing, I mean, when I was at Whitgift, you know, Whitgift very much in the ascendancy, and and you know, lots of Trinity had good year groups, and it just never quite came to fruition. Great players, you know that. Um, so Gabriel Batoyes year group were, were were fantastic like through his under 15s even through to under 16s um and and just never quite never quite put it together that's a program that for years you know started with Aaron Lifchak who's now at Mill Hill and you know taken on by by Ian Kench and our director of sport and now Paul Roberts leading it it's been it's been a long time building and and it's it's really great that it's got there it's good for rugby um and I think you know they've got some exciting players they've obviously got um Connor in the in the England setup, so he'll come. Will have come back from South Africa. He will, have, you know, always really powerful. You have somebody who's been away and been in an international set. They just tend to inject a load of leisure and maturity, and can can bring people with them. And I'm sure once he gets back into the fold, all those teams who've had boys being away, said we've had four, uh, will 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 feel that kind of boost of energy go up when, once they're back playing. So. No, Trinity, I think, obviously, it was a strange day for them at the President's Cup. But I think, you know, they know what they're doing. They would have just been rotating. Look at a combination. I think they'll have a good year. Well, they, they knew they had another two weeks of pre-season coming up. So they, they're going to be there or thereabouts. And I also think, yeah, to bring it back a little bit to the school's championship, I suppose, you know, next door neighbours, Whitgift being part of that. That's going to add a bit of spice around there. They're, they're going to want to prove themselves. And... That just it just all adds to it. That's what you want. You want a bit. You want a, school rugby is great and it's friendly and it's you know, the the rugby on the field is incredible. But you do want a bit of spice. A bit of spice always helps. You know. It may, yeah. It, no. It, it, and that's what you know. It doesn't. Schoolboy rugby has a huge amount of history and tradition and passion uh, in in this country. I guess it's the closest thing we've got we talk, to, to collegiate level football and as, 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 a, as a big football, you know, big American football fan. Uh, obviously, not quite on the scale of that but it's you know though when I was at Wick, if that, that Wick, if Fisher Day but and all school, obviously I'm speaking with the bias of the schools I've worked at you know, every school has its day the Warwick Bromsgrove game that they play twice on is, is, is massive you know there's there's games you know north of the border up in Scotland like Edinburgh derbies things like that it's a really special part of, of, of our game of the schoolboy game is, is, the, is the history the tradition the passion of it and to to have a chance to kind of showcase and talk about that is is amazing. And, you know, and as you say, literally every school has it. You know, I, I was I was at Uppingham. The bit there was a sort of quartet of schools, all of whom thought that their biggest game of the season was against a different one of them. So you had this like continual cycle of massive games that one team was just going all guns blazing for us. The, you can tell it's the early the early season is coming up. We have got tractors mowing the lawn, but we're. Um, but yeah, so to, to have a look at the fixtures, actually, I keep I keep on forgetting things. But the uh, one team I want to mention, Brighton College, yeah, because Nick Boyd does an unbelievable job down there, right. and they quite rarely, other than when they have Marcus Smith there, because you know madness, but they quite rarely come up in. Oh, they're going to be incredible this year, yeah. and they are always, always right there. Yeah, they're. Uh... And it's and lots of teams we haven't mentioned. We'll talk about yet, and we'll talk about a few more. But but yeah, what what Nick has done for a long time 
at Brighton is for not. And if you want to talk about legacy, huge legacy, there, whatever. And it's, I would say, you struggle to find a year where they're not top ten. And you're right; it, it's really tough on Brighton that they're not talked about more as as a kind of top three, four school. And and maybe we should, maybe people should talk. You know, they always act, they always perform incredibly well at Saint Joe's. Obviously, that you know, I was uh, on the wrong end of a semi final loss to to, to Nick, and what was a really strong Brighton team. And I think a Brighton team where in the end, I think three boys get contracts. I could be wrong on that. Um, so you know, they, not only do they produce good teams, they produce lot not but top level players, but lots of them players who go on to play. You know, good bucks rugby, lots of players. You've got to play good National League rugby. So there's a real passion for the game um, instilled at Brighton College. So a huge amount to be proud of and a huge amount to admire about the Brighton College programme, yeah. Yeah, massively so. Yeah, you're right. There. Three lads joining Quinn. Quinn's took on nine players in the, in the pack from their academy this year. Incredible. Yeah, it's a lot of boys. <laughs> so, a lot, lot, lot of boys. Good cohorts, yeah. yeah. Good. So it's a, strong, it's a strong group and I think we're learning a thing or two about how to manage a salary cap. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, right, so the weekend. So we, well, actually, the big kickoff is Friday. There's loads yeah. and loads of games on Friday. I'm just going to rattle through a few of them. Arundel Bedford. That's a that's a game of real history. One of the one of my first games, sort of working in the world of media and schoolboy rugby, was an embarrassingly long time ago. But it was up at Bedford. This guy just wants to know. He, he's he's going about his business. It's all good. <laughs> um, it's a really really special game at home at Arundel. I don't know if you've ever been up there, but they've got their their setting for their first team pitch is incredible. It's got okay. buildings on three sides of it and then a tree-lined um, near-side touchline with, oh, wow. with a pavilion on it. So it feels almost stadium-like. Nice. And, uh, if, you know, if, you, if, you've got, if you've got a good-looking first team, it's a, yeah, it's a girl's house on the end all leaning out the windows. It, it, the, boy, nice. the boys love it. Um, <laughs> what else have we got on Friday? St. Benedict's against Worth. Okay. Look, the, thing, the thing about that one for me... Um, and not to just sort of uh, write off worth by any means but the, the story for me with that is St Benedict's last year had a super high finish in the Daily Mail Trophy yeah. a bit of that is just fixture fixture management and, and all the rest of it but a huge amount of it is the way they played and the way yeah. and, and the guys you know the Zoran Higgins and um, Sam Howard who of course masterminded that you know, back to back to back yeah. Dulwich College side and they, they played a fair bit in that spirit of well let's just let's just batten down the hatches and give yeah. it a go but what a phenomenal year last year I think yeah with so James Coles is obviously running it there but with, with Sam and Zoran uh, very much very, you know, hugely involved it's nice to see Benny's you know back you know punching out. I remember again when they were, you know, the when the Ellis brothers were there, Jonah Holmes and stuff like that, when they had some incredible teams, uh, you know, making back-to-back cup finals, um, and then just just absolutely superb. So and then, you know, a little bit of a lull which happens to schools, but have come back really strong, come back really hard. Uh, interesting game. I think it's it's a game that's about. I think it's an anniversary game. It's to do with both schools are Benedictine, uh, uh, and so it's uh, that's what cause they don't normally play each other. Yeah. You know, look, Benny should go into that one as favourites in terms of what they've done, the boys they've got. I know they've had a couple of boys join, uh, or at least one boy join who's a good player. Um, worth an interesting story. I think, you know what, Tom Richardson's been there a few years now. They're getting they're scrappy, scrappy little programme. You know, he took over it and they were struggling. I, you know, worth, worth will fight hard in that game. And I... And I I think they'll make it a bit tougher for Benny's than, than than a lot of people do. I could be proven wrong, but I think Worth have got got a bit of character. Though. I think it's a good way to start the season, isn't it? And then the, the, there's quite a lot of other games on Friday. We, we're not going to have enough time to go through every single game that's going on because there are 300 games. So we're, yeah. just, we're picking out a smattering, but we are going to do our best through the season to kind of 
pick out something that everyone's doing. But obviously, the one on Friday that's there's probably the one that everyone's going to be looking at is Hampton against Seaford, not least from those that are sort of uh, perhaps in, in the know on the coaching side. The fact that it is, as we mentioned, Sean uh, going back to his going back to his old school. I think that's Friday night. I think they're playing at Isha, actually. So nice. it's, it should be pretty special. Those games and stadiums are really yeah, cool. Yeah, Friday Night Lights is fun. Yeah, really cool. Um, then we get into the bulk of the weekend. Berkhamstead starting their Daily Mail Trophy defence at home against, uh, against RGSI Wickham. Yeah, well, and RGSI Wickham as well, I think, always worth a mention just for, you know, they, they're a state school. They, they, there's not yeah. a huge amount of resources. They're fairly well resourced for a state school, but they're not a huge no, amount of resources. Still, what they do is but incredible. Always, always punch really, really high. Yeah. Um, and Berko, I mean, what, what an epic season last year. And they've got, they've got some serious players. Yeah, and, and they, you know, if you're watching this and that, but he, Probably would feel a bit slighted that I'm talking. I mean, as you said, defending Daily Mail Trophy champions, you know, regardless of what people think about Daily Mail Trophy, um, you still got to be good to win it. You know, you got and you pretty much have to go unbeaten. And they play some tough fixtures. Yeah. You know, the, the Harrow is probably the key one for them. Uh, Harrow and Seaford. Uh, I think they're probably a point where I'd like to see them play. Like, I think they should now take on a bit hard, like geography and challenging wise. But they're great program. Two two academy links there. They'll have a strong year. They're massive, so and they, you know, they, uh, as you say, that Harrow game was the key one for them last year. But Harrow were a phenomenal team last year, so actually, while they probably ended up getting to a point in their season where they realised that's the game we've got to go and win, it came at a point in the season where they had schools cup fixtures building up and stuff. They're going, they, they're ending up going back to back Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, yeah, Saturday. Wednesday, Saturday. Yeah, if you if you if your key game ends up being in the in the midst of that and you come through it unscathed, fair play to you. Um, Warwick Bromsgrove is another massive one that derby that we spoke about before they play it twice in the year that's I love that they yeah. top and tail the, se- the season with the derby which always means you've got that chance to just finish off by going yeah, we're, yeah. We, we might not have beaten you at the start but we've we've worked through the year and now, now we've got you think, uh, to, to who's again Warwick Bromsgrove rugby I was probably a sort of top three regionally maybe I, I could be miles off I'd love to be proven wrong by someone there and I think that game gives you a good marker as to you know, whoever comes out of that game well historically has done really well in the cup had a really good season so it's always a, you, you learn a lot from that work from to a game I think massively so and right we've got bunches and bunches of other games uh, one I want to just make sure I mention because we're going to be there's some big announcements to be made over the course of the next um, few weeks about rugby school they open their season up against Oakham to Huge names in the world of school where rugby. Um, the uh, sort of special fixture that one I always think because both. I mean, rugby are always a special, a special school. I mean, just for the pure name. Yeah. Oakham, of course, quite a lot of history. They've got their schools cup victories in, yeah. in previous years, and you know. Yeah, Do- and the school. Dosser Smith just they'd, always. Yeah. <laughs> so they'd be pretty upset that I just didn't mention one of the three dominant schools in their region. So yeah, they're, <laughs> they're going to go and try and do you know, rugby and, and prove that point. They'll have plenty of motivation beyond beyond what I'm saying. But again, a, a powerhouse there, and nice again having had a couple of of lull years probably in the kind of post Charlie Walker era that they're really back up there and uh, they're fighting now I think rugby are on the verge they could be another one that, that could be trying to punch in you know to that sort of top three four in the next year I know they've got a big anniversary next year they've got some big games lined up just seems like everything is there like that everything is there for them to be 
to to be knocking over some big names, and I, it'd be quite cool, I think, for for rugby school to sort of establish themselves at the it'd top. Be cool for rugby, yeah, the yeah, game as a whole yeah. to have the school that the whole thing is is named after to uh, to yeah. come and knock around, and then pretty special uh, this first weekend that it actually finishes on a Sunday. You know, normally we talk about the weekend of school rugby, and it's actually Friday Saturday. We finish on a Sunday with those two massive fixtures up at Sebba. We're going to be putting out so much content to do with that probably the salient point is please join us live from 10.30 at Sedbergh because we're going to have Millfield v Clifton College followed by Sedbergh against Whitgift massive games predictions for both it's tough at this stage of the season so I think I think Clifton will put a marker down early that's tough on on Shep and and, and Millfield but I just think Clifton have, have got out of a group um Sedbra at home is so hard to look past. Like Whitgift got a good side uh, this year again. Another boy's been with England. Sean Kerr will come back and um, really good player. And again, just a good group around around the like, and they'll work really hard. You know, we'll pride themselves on honest. And they'll they'll push Sedbra away. I just think Sedbra will have a little bit too much firepower. Um, so I think both really good games of rugby. But I think yeah, Clifton and Sedbra. Oh, what am I going to go with? I'm with you on Sebba. Draw. Oh, big shout. <laughs> feels possible. Big shout. Martin has dropped goals to level it. Yeah. I, oh, they're two good teams. Both had good goals yeah, as yeah. well. Oh, it, that Millfield-Clifton game is going to be very, very tight. Who, travel, who handles the travel? Well, that's yeah. it. A big part. Uh, Millfield have been there before. Maybe, right. Yeah, to, to, Millfield know it. To mix it up, Millfield have made that journey before. They've played on Millfield might just edge it. Go on, Clifton, hammer me. Fair, yeah. at home, I mean... Uh, last on the school games is um, Wellington Harrow, which I, I forgot when we were doing Saturday, but we've tidied up Sunday. Um, huge, huge game. We've talked about Harrow quite a lot, about how good they were last year. They've got good Colts as well. Wellington, you know, inside out. Tell me a little bit about your thoughts on that. Uh, yeah, I guess in some ways, the harder one to call as I should know a bit more about it. Um, I think look, Har- Harrow looked pretty tooled up um there's a side that's led by two guys in in cam ellis and and, and kepu who are again probably could both be a bit surprised to, to not have been on a plane to south africa actually and, and i think would probably be looking to to play international rugby uh this year and certainly certainly looking to play professional rugby um but as well as that that harrow pack has got a real sort of london irish academy backbone to it um Wellington, look, there's really some really exciting. Obviously, Rory coming back, uh, really exciting. Uh, Rory Taylor at ten, will he's got he's a game changing talent um, and and, in, and a leader as well, which which will be great. It's a couple of boys joining. Uh, it's a guy called Lloyd McEwen Peters will be a name. I think we'll end up talking about a guy that's come down and joined Wellington. Um, Tyler Fire, uh, son of Martin, has also moved over to to Wellington College. Uh, so. Um, cannot wait to see him. Yeah, yeah. So and again, there's really good teams. There, really, Wellington on big side is is a hard place to go. Um, and look, emotionally, I'm I'm with Wellington all the way, and, and it'll be. I think it's, but I think you have to acknowledge it's a really hard start to the season. Um, probably unusually for when like Harrow probably should start as favourites, um, which is not something that. You know, you'd ever say to no, well, it's like, you know, you normally trust themselves to, to start as favourites uh, in a game. Um, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna go Wellington at home because uh, because I can't like just I just have to I have you, to you can't you can't no, you can't step not, away from think, Wellington and, just, then, and then I, start telling us that they're gonna think, lose. To be fair to you, I think I think being at home, I think playing at home on Big Side One as you know, home means a huge amount in schoolboy rugby. Um, there'll be a big crowd, nice. There'll be a lot of old boys back. Um, I think it'll be really tight. Um, but I think they'll just get over. But I think they, they're going to have to play really well against what's going to be a phenomenal Harris side. Massively. And to sort of go back to the point that we've made over and over again, or I have another chance to to see a school that's part of the school's championship up against a school that's not part of it. By the time the two go head to head, both be very familiar with the fact that that is that that is the case. That's another little level in there. You know, how are we going to want to want to go? Oh, yeah, we can mix this, and we know they definitely can mix oh, it. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be great. Um, but I honestly, big size one of the one of the best pitches in the country as an actual piece of land. But also with that with that stand on one yeah, side, especially. it gets packed out. The drums come out. The old school shirts come out. The, the face paint's always always on show as well, and the parents are having a pretty good time as well. So yeah, it's pretty special. It'll be a great day, as it will be around the country at, at all the pitches. So I think it's just just everybody, yeah, just enjoy enjoy it. Like hopefully it's going to be a lovely day. Forecast, we'll see how it goes. Hopefully it'll be nice and sunny if everybody's going to uh, show their skills, contrary to what Mr. Jones says, to bring us full circle. <laughs> um, right, we are running out of time, but we're gonna, we're just going to finish off on a little bit of a. I, I asked you about this one, and there's something I want to do in weeks going forward where we're going to, yeah. you know, we're going to see if we can pick out sort of be- a team of the best players you've coached. But I want to give you a little bit of separation between having just stopped being a school coach and having to immediately tell some of the lads <laughs> that they're not, in fact, one of the better players you coached, having presumably spent the last two years telling them how great they are. <laughs> so I'm going to spare you that for a little bit, but maybe just one player who or a couple of players that stood out to you across your time coaching school rugby? Uh, I think, so I guess in terms of someone who jumped off the page from probably when they were, so from my kind of, my first year of coaching would have been Elliot Daly. So Elliot at 13 was, was kind of doing what he does now. I remember we kept saying, you know, that, that kind of chip and chase, that, that'll stop working eventually and it's just never stopped working for him. So, yeah, Elliot would probably stand out um, in terms of raw ability as, as someone who wouldn't prescribe massively to talent, but it's hard to deny it when you yeah. see something like that. Um, in, in in other ways, I think, look, so many that it's it's really hard to, to name. I think in, in recent, so kind of with a bit of recency bias, I think... Murdoch Locke, who's actually gone off to Bath this yeah. year, I think has has got just a little bit of X factor, something I've not seen for a few years uh, in a play. And, and Cass Cleves is just as everyone. So those those two, I think, as kind of young guys, you know, who will probably not play in the Prem this year. They might both get a chance, but you know, Murdoch might play a lot of Buck Super. Uh, Cass might play. I think he's at Scottish at the moment. But two guys, I think, with massive futures. In between, like, in terms of character, which I think you know, anyone knows a half about like Jack Maunder at Blundells was yeah. just exceptional. If you if you could model the work ethic of what a young player should do, um, then then Jack would Jack would pretty much personify it. And I didn't work as much with his younger brother Sam, but Sam Sam was very similar. Um, so so I think in different in different ways, you know, and, and really special. There's there's so many more. In terms of someone who didn't push on, the last one I'll say is that there was a back row wicket guy called Herbie Butler, the people who are in, in that 
kind of 2010 winning cup side who um probably the best player I've worked with to have not gone on to have a, have a kind of you know glittering professional career and pretty much because he chose to, to not play the game anymore he wanted to go and do a different thing but Herbie in a team that was stacked with talent could, could could change a game from the back row, which was which was pretty impressive. But loads more we can talk about. I can bore oh, you with about that. There's so many. I mean, it's just ridiculous. I'm so excited for Murdoch as well, getting getting a shot down at Bath because you know we you and I spoke a lot about it. I spoke to Murdoch a little bit about it as well, and uh, on our social media channels, just trying to just see that talent get out there yeah. somewhere. Um, one from me that I think is one of the most amazing players to watch at school level who. Um, He's playing pro rugby, but he's 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 not got as many opportunities as I hoped he would. It was Tom Whiteley down at Millfield? Oh, was yes. a freak to watch. Just yeah, a freak to watch. Um, just absolutely everything you want to watch in a player. Um, he's been at, he's been at Saracens. He's over at Bristol now. Um, he's doing a little bit of coaching as well. In that I saw in his social media. Oh, nice. um, hopefully, that means there's going to be a lot of skillful players out there in the <laughs> uh, in the southwest somewhere. But uh, yeah, he was. Just loved watching. Yeah, him. absolutely brilliant. And Millfield do produce some. Yeah, oh, nice they know they know they, they know some skill. Who was there? Ollie Lindsay Haig. He was another yeah. that was in in that category. But we'll be able to chat about all of them in weeks to come. We've got a massive, massive weekend coming up. The opening weekend of the season. It's going to be huge. Please join us live. Ten thirty is the first game. Millfield versus Clifton Sunday up at Sedbury School. Followed by midday Sedbury against Whitgift. It's going to be absolutely fantastic. The school's championship is hopefully going to make a real difference to the way that school rugby is is produced and seen around the country and around the world. We're really looking forward to it. We're really looking forward to more of these chats through the season. It's going to be pretty good fun. I'm going to get you pinned down on some of these uh, some of these players from, from your more recent past as well. But it's been really good, Dan. Great to chat to you. Thank you. We'll catch up soon.